keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome, everybody, to the second annual Total Effin' Markies, the award ceremony. You can't see the you can't see the beautiful statue we have. It's a clown with a gun in its mouth uh, to honor 2020. It should be a fun episode. We're going to give you our uh, picks of the year uh, because in our heart, we're all fat guys at Blockbuster with our own row. How's everybody doing? Mike Lawrence, welcome to the I'm, podcast. I'm good. Uh, and the clown with the gun in his mouth is played by Matt Bourne. <laughs> nice. Born again. I wish I had seen that gimmick. Scott? Wait, what do you mean? You wish you'd seen Doink's gimmick? Like no, not live? Doink, but Born Again. You remember the that gimmick? ECW gimmick. Oh, I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. No. It's awesome. He came out like with like, like Pennywise melted. You know, he had like half clown face on and it was just called Born Again. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's all, also a big wish of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. How uh, he, are you? He was the inspiration for The Fiend. <laughs> and uh, our resident lawyer, Robert Karpolis. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing better than Matt Bourne is right now, so that's a plus. <laughs> Mike, didn't you tell me that story about Matt Bourne? And was it Hacksaw Jim Duggan? What was this? It was, oh, they got a, in a fight or some shit? No, no. He made a joke about uh, like Matt Bourne being dead. Oh, God, I don't remember. I mean, it's... It was stuff like, you know what? It was something like, you know what Matt Bourne would say? Nothing, he's dead. <laughs> and then like the old man <laughs> and the Muppets left. I don't think I told you that, but that that tracks. I definitely believe that <laughs> happened. <laughs> that, is, that does track. And Zach, how are you, man? I'm doing much better than Matt Bourne is. Oh, wait. Mike Robert already made the joke. <laughs> God damn it, Zach. Uh, let's get this thing going. Our first category, best debut. I'll start this out. Um, I guess this is like a loose, you know, it doesn't mean like your rookie debut. It just means your debut in a company. And for me, it's got to be Eddie Kingston in AEW. I damn, that's a good one. I don't think, yeah, I think that there's going to be a couple people who, uh, agree with me on this i don't think i'm gonna be the sole person picking eddie kingston but uh what an amazing 2020 one of the uh well, one of the best on promos you know it's for me it's him and another guy you know in that first and second spot uh what an awesome episode of dynamite and you know what's the weird thing i realized since he cut that promo on cody Rhodes, i haven't liked cody as a babyface as much it's it's like he exposed him in some like Triple H Hunter way. I think Cody's hair dye, neck tattoo, and tan <laughs> certain weeks exposed him. This feels I more think- like a like a Hannibal Burris, Bill Cosby kind of thing. Like all of a sudden now you realize like oh maybe uh, maybe Cody isn't the magical uh, yeah the whole savior. time yeah but, does but, look but like to be fair like- Bill Bill Cosby had a much better entrance theme. <laughs> <laughs> he had a uh, he does look like he like he like rolled into a hot topic and just came out with whatever the fuck was on it uh mike who do you got for best debut this year well you know i was like i was wondering like like to me it was like all right your first match and i went with dominic mysterio well that's a and good choice the reason i did was because i thought that that match with seth that SummerSlam was the best of what it could be do I think that everything that Dominic has done since lives up to that? No, but that match was fantastic. It really emotionally gripped me. And I, I have Eddie in another category or two, but that, that was a great choice. But yeah, I went with Dominic. All right, Scott. I also went with Dominic. Uh, I, I, I couldn't think of any AEW debuts. Now that you say Kingston, I'm super bummed. 
uh, he he feels like he's been around my whole life. For I thought reason. about I thought about Wardlow. That was a good one. The cage well, match with Cody was really good. Well, that cage match with Cody is is a big reason uh, for some other topics that I voted certain things. Actually, I I did love that match and, and the moment in that match. But uh, Dominic, I specifically remember the match happening and me enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. And, it was on the WWE Network, and I was enjoying it. And I remember going, "Wow, that's kind of crazy." And like, Seth was I, and I mean, truly Ray, happy, right? like happy watching it. Was that Dan? Seth was dressed as Ray, right? Uh, I think so, but I remember the family was there, and they're wanting him to stop. And it was just that classic, like heel baby face. You know, it, it just worked. Robert, all good choices. Um, I uh, I went with Pat McAfee. I that feel was also like, a great choice. You know what? I, he was so close on a couple of these categories where I'm like, this could easily go to Pat, but I think his promos were absolutely incredible. The in-ring work he put in for a guy who, yes, he's a professional athlete, but it's not like he's been extensively training at the Performance Center week in and week out. I know he's been, he's been doing it a little bit, but it's not like uh, full-time 24-7. And he went in there and he looked like he fully belonged and not belonged as a celebrity or an athlete showing up, but as a guy who would be on the roster and then quickly became my favorite part of Wednesday nights. So oh, I think awesome, classy, Freddie Blassie promos. I think for that, uh, that was my uh, that was my debut of the year. I got to, you know, like it, you're doing something right when Austin and CM Punk like compliment your mic skills in the same week. You're definitely killing it. Zach, who do you got? I had also Pat McAfee. Whoa, me. Pat McAfee versus Boy, Dominic. loves NXT. NXT is my show. You might hear that later. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Pat McAfee. Right. That promo, the promo is is unbelievable. It's so much better than everybody else. <laughs> no, Kingston's a better promo, though. Um, I mean, on NXT. I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, on NXT, it's yeah, it's not even a competition. What about God, there was so much Finn Balor? He's a decent promo. Your your baby got eaten by a dingo. <laughs> Been watching cool. the uh, the uh, BG's documentary on HBO earlier today, so now that's all I'm hearing. Um, and I'm just picturing Barry Gibb in the demon makeup, and it kind of works. BG's got a fucking HBO documentary. Are there no BG's standards rule, for fucking documentaries? BG's they rule, had a brother. lot of great fucking songs, yeah. man. I don't know, man. Come on, yeah, I give I give them the marquee. Like the Beatles and NWA, every, but come on, every year. BG's, I don't know. Whatever. BG's are great. Yeah, dude, you're a hater. You need to, you need to accept uh, um, accept the hater. love that is the, the BGs. Power of positivity. Uh, speaking of accepting the love, this is time for best referee. The reason I say accepting love is I'm going to go with Jake Clemens, that guy who was uh, Seth Rollins' disciple. It was revealed uh, that he was the disciple. It was just a fun moment for me. Uh, this I don't is really disgusting. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like I thought Aubrey pl- Aubrey kind of hammed it up more <laughs> this year and. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. There wasn't enough good New Japan stuff on this year for me to... I mean, they had Wrestle Kingdom, but, like, since then, I, I didn't see, like, what do I pick, Red Shoes? I, I don't no, know. No, yeah, look, referee is a tough choice, but that's why you have to pick Aubrey. She, I mean, she could have... They could release a toy of her, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, everybody who was in attendance knew her name. Uh, her and Jericho had like a really cool chemistry within some matches. Oh, they that's got- true. I forgot. Maybe I changed my vote. Can we change votes? No. Nope. Right. She's a woman in AEW who hasn't wrestled uh, all year, so she probably will get an action figure. <laughs> uh, Mike, who do you got? I went with Aubrey. She's fun. She has energy. You know, um, she's just a part of the brand. It... it uh, She's a constant fixture, and I, I think, yeah, she's fun. Um, I, I think, yeah, uh, Stadium Stampede, uh, she was fantastic in that. Um, so I went, I went for her for that reason. Robert? 
I went with the zombie referee from NXT. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I you know what? Change my vote to that. I feel like the way they pulled that off during the the Cameron Grimes thing was very funny. The fact that they did the callback for it during the uh, the blindfold match, they uh, that guy has carved out a nice little niche with that uh, that zombie referee gimmick, and then they kind of let it fade. They didn't you know drive it into the ground to the point where it was like ridiculous and nonstop. I think Aubrey's a, a, a good referee in the sense the way, that- As soon as WWE heard you say that, they're like, hold my beer. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're bringing it back. He's going to be part of the legend special in a few weeks. Um, Aubrey's great because it was the initial of this novelty of you have a female referee, and then you just kind of forget that it's a female referee and just like, she's just a, a solid official. And it forced I thought WWE- the boobs were going to get in the way of the count. If that didn't happen with Jim Molyneux and ECW, it's not going to happen with her. <laughs> That's true. Um, last, last but not least, Zach, what do you got? I'm a big fan of referees being part of the match. And I think Aubrey, every time she's in the ring, is a character also in the match. And I actually really like that. So I'm going Aubrey. I, I typically like when, when I don't even notice the referee. Yeah. That's why Bryce um, Remsburg didn't make any of our uh, – yeah picks but aubrey is is awesome man i mean she has t-shirts which i i think that i don't I, that might actually hurt her i'll clarify but... what i'm saying i like the referee being acknowledged as a referee yeah it's, yeah 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 happen and i think they well, that's, that does not happen anywhere but aw well i think that it's like aw really has that like you're watching an indie show like this is your home kind of feel every week and so i think she adds to that package you're Next right. up, guys, best commentator. I'm going to, you know, I wish I could say, in my honest opinion, uh, because this is half of work, I'm going to say Snoop Dogg at the Tyson Jones <laughs> fight because it was, it was without a doubt, the most fun I had listening to commentary the whole year. But, I, you know, like I would say either Shivani or Jericho. I mean, I thought Jericho had some really classic bits. When he, you know, it, 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 you know, it definitely was a gimmick. Like it wasn't something that could last permanently, but when it, when it happened, especially in the beginning, it was genuinely fun. So those are my choices, Jericho or Snoop Dogg, depending on who you go with, with Tony Giovanni, a close third, Mike. Mike froze. <laughs> He's frozen. Uh, it's so funny when Mike freezes on a zoom he looks so peaceful. He looks yeah, like... this is the this is the calmest I've ever seen like, him look. He, he looks so lifelike. They did a really nice job. Um, <laughs> you can rest Robert, now, Mike. It's okay. Yeah, if you tilt it sideways, it's it's uh, it's eerie. Um, Robert, what do you, who do you got? Uh, so this one, I, I my my gut on it went to Samoa Joe. I think he's made that transition so well as a commentator in such a natural way where he's not playing Samoa Joe as a commentator, which some wrestlers tend to do where they make it about them and their character. He just went so naturally into he's, he's the raw commentator. He understands what Vince wants. He knows how to get those sound bites in there. He works very hard to get the guys over and he has credibility when he says it. So I think that that was him that my second that I was almost leaning towards, but it is a shorter window is Wade Barrett on NXT. Yeah. He, I mean, he's been doing the same thought. I feel like he's been doing the same thing, but it's, it's a shorter window. So I think I would give the nod to, to Joe over, over Barrett, but I think both of them have made that transition from wrestler to strong commentator. Uh, Joe, and, I, Joe and Barrett are great. I, I loved him. My only problem, and this is just a genuine criticism of WWE commentary, because they didn't acknowledge the pa pandemic, it just felt like it was happening in this weird Truman Dude. Show world. And I, I think the smartest thing that AEW did all year, and it really has nothing to do with their booking, was having that opening of Dynamite, having Cody and the Bucks and Omega come out and be like, hey, this is going to be weird. And Jim Ross talking about the safety procedures, even though some of it seemed you know, like a little porous. I, uh, I was a huge fan of like the, the warmth they brought not to sound all, uh, um, uh, pussified, 
for lack of a better <laughs> Dan word. had to look that that word up in his in his notes. <laughs> I had three other horrible options that were going to get me canceled. I mean, he's, he's used that word for other things that he's also made up. <laughs> I'm going to pussify you. I think, uh, Dan, you, you did enough to get the check from Tony Khan. It'll be in your PayPal later. <laughs> well, dude, I w- look, I love Joe as a commentator. But Wait, can I just did, interrupt for a did, second? Yes. I just admit, I'm sorry, just one second. Like, I just imagined Tony Khan paying out Dave Meltzer, but instead of like a dumpster of money, it's just a dumpster of marbles and Dave has to collect them all. <laughs> anyway. It's a, it's a dumpster of toothpicks that he has to count as they're coming out of the dumpster. <laughs> they're going to have uh, a Rain Man off next year on pay-per-view. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right, Scott. Um, yeah, the thing about Joe is, especially like the last month or two, he, it's like he's gone. They got him. You know, he is a commentator now. It wasn't what it was uh, uh, at the beginning of the year. I mean, he saw a guy get lit on fire this week and they all just like whispered to each other about it. (laughs) Which good because, and I guess part of this is just having been there. It's like, I want him to have a job where he's not getting concussed and I want him to have longevity. And it's very, I mean, that is the best position you can get. I remember talking to Taz about this and he's like, being a commentator is great because I have a steady paycheck every week. I don't have to take bumps and I don't really give a shit, you know, about, you know, artistic integrity. It's like, you want me to say it this way? I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to promote girlfriends on UPN and I'm going to have a job. And I kind of feel like for Joe, this is going to give him uh, uh, the career trajectory. I really hoped for CM Punk. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you on that. Um, my favorite commentator, I, dude, it was between Tony and Taz, honestly. And I picked Taz because when Taz is there, Tony is better, which means Taz is a good ass time. So I picked Taz, Taz. is a lot of fun. He's, he's had, he's genuinely made me pop a few times. Mike. Yeah. Genuinely hilarious. Um, I was, I was thinking Tony, I think Tony's the best interviewer in the biz bar none. He's a really good commentator, but he just adds so much to the segments. I went, it's a little bit recency bias, but Hugo Savinovich blew me away on that oh uh, wow yeah triple mania i mean just enough english that you could understand and the enthusiasm the guy never let up uh i forgot the name of his uh co-commentator that guy was great too i mean we watched impact and it was depressing and then watching this like later in the week i just felt like it, it made me love wrestling again like in a good <laughs> no, way dude it was that was one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year no, it was a blast man and, I don't, and none so of these are fun. bad none of these are bad answers there hasn't been yeah. one answer that i've been like gross no, commentary had a bit uh, yeah. a big part i i would say that. yeah because it easily could have like you know pushed you away they knew there were extra eyeballs. They were respectful, and but also to the tradition of Lucha Libre. I think the guy, I mean, look, he's a veteran. He's fantastic. I, I think he did a, a incredible job. I would watch more of their product just to hear that guy. I don't disagree. And Zach, uh, the British guy from NXT UK or something. I don't know. I don't listen to commentary. Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> Zach, you don't listen to commentary? I really don't. I've tuned it out a long you, time ago. Can you not fuck if there's music on? Are you one of those guys? No. All right. Well, he already has to listen I- to us talk about wrestling. And <laughs> that's probably I just enough. Imagine, wait a minute. I just I basically just added myself as a guy who can't fuck if there's music. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. no, I'm just joking. I <laughs> next up. <laughs> I love, I love that this this is a show with four hosts and you can still feel completely alone and lonely sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man, that's my brand. <laughs> Hello? Is anybody there? <laughs> it's like a fatal... the full, <laughs> you're... It's the full wrestling fan experience. You're in a full arena and you still feel alone and scared of the people around you. <laughs> dance, dance like Roman Reigns in a fatal four-way where he just has to get a stretcher spot in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's my next Superman punch uh best stable best stable i'm gonna go this is kind of a i I had there were some close ones for me uh i wanted to you know give a shout out to team taz but for me yeah that's it's really close i really like team taz i really like the hurt business but i'm gonna go with the inner circle again 
just because it's a blast. And I mean, those guys are just just a good time. They're a fun, good time. And we're never going to see anything like it again. So that's like, like I, I think I'm going to keep saying that. It's going to be like my modern family <laughs> Emmys answer. But uh, that that's that's my favorite. Robert? Um, I'm going Hurt Business. I, I feel like they have been um, the the most valuable assets the WWE during COVID. They they came together very quickly. They've elevated all four guys that are in it. MVP. He came back at the beginning of the year, and it was like, all right, what are they going to do with him? They, he was an agent for a little bit, but that wasn't really a great fit. But his ability to cut promos and make you care about what's going on, not when it was just the Hurt Business, but whoever they were facing. It was, you know, all right, we're going after you, Street Profits. We're going after you, Ricochet. And it, it was it was genuine, and it was interesting. And they've elevated Lashley nicely. It's given Shelton Benjamin something to do. And every time that they're on, when you're trying to fill three hours of TV, it's, it's exciting to see what they're going to do next. They do well in backstage promos. Their matches are, are really solid. They've elevated what has been a very tedious process of watching Raw. All right, Zach. I'm going to go with the inner circle as well. I, I really don't like uh, any other stables this year. Well, undisputed uh, era, man. I, yeah, that would have been the, the predictable answer, you would think. Yeah. But, uh, you don't, you didn't like the Kings of NXT, the McAfee stable? Well, that lasted about two weeks. I would That's definitely true. have given it to them. If it was, if it was still going, like, as a, as, it's, as a unit as it was, I would probably give it to them. But it feels like Pat McAfee's not coming back anytime soon. So That is true, Mike? I mean, it's got to be the inner circle. Like, I, I, I see Robert's point, like, the Hurt Business is the best thing on a bad show, but the Inner Circle is often the best thing on a good show. And, I mean, everyone has their role. They know it so well. Um, they elevate each other. It's crazy because they've only been around since the middle of October. So we really got to see them shine this year. They're staying fresh with the MJF Wardlow stuff. So many different feuds. Uh, a lot of fun pandemic sketches at the beginning. Uh, it's got to be them easily. I, I love the inner circle. All right, going, moving on. Most improved. I'm going to go with Damian Priest. He went from get the fuck off my TV to, oh, Damian Priest is on my TV. Robert? Um, Cameron Grimes was my pick. I think Cameron Grimes has always been solid. He's been an entertaining character for years. I just feel like when he's been on TV in 2020, uh, it's become it's become incredibly entertaining for me. And I feel like it's the kind of gimmick that could have gone the wrong way. And it could have been to the point of, all right, I'm sick of this guy. But and I've talked about him before as being a, a versatile MVP for them because he's the kind of guy who can wrestle. And when you give him the most ridiculous chicken shit situation, he makes it into chicken salad. And when you have a guy like that, he's incredibly valuable. He's great. He's like a sexy Dr. John. Scott? I picked Roman Reigns. I mean, none of these are bad answers. I I, I, I agree with. Yeah, most. I mean, Roman was unbearable. Uh, completely unbearable. I mean, I mean, he. You know, remember he came back from cancer and nobody gave a shit, right? Didn't that happen? That's how. Yeah, like, I mean, people definitely didn't boo him the way they used to because most people aren't animals. But they're just but, quiet. Yeah, but, they're like, we're not going to boo you anymore. We're just not going to say anything. Yeah, it, it was, was just, weirder. Was like done. the boos were more like, at least the boos yeah. were something. It was odd when he would just wrestle in silence. Yeah, it's like he never he never caught the whatever the rings whatever it was he he never was the guy he kept fumbling and they kept giving him chances and we hated it and then we were bored with it and then since he came back this summer it's been i mean the best thing wwe if wwe doesn't have roman reigns i'm not watching wwe right now if you would have told me that roman reigns like in a roman reigns daniel bryan match i'd rather see roman reigns go over I'd say you were crazy, but crazy. It, it's legit. It's legitimately how I feel now, Mike. I went with yeah. These are all good answers. I was thinking Jay Uso because he really did held his own in that yeah. feud. But I had to personally go with Hangman Page because I was not a fan. I thought they pushed him way too early. You know, in the the tournament against Jericho, and 
2019, it just felt like he was their guy. I think he earned his place this year. I think, um, you know, him in the tag team with Kenny, uh, a lot of the fun uh, stuff on his own. You, I think he, I think he's a guy who got hurt by the lack of crowds more than most because oh, he people, was, yeah, he was, blue, yeah, he was getting blue really flame hot. People really love him, and I think that you know he was a guy I wrote off. I was wrong. He's got a lot of potential, and I'm excited to see what he does next. So I had to go Page. Zach, my answer is Jey Uso. I think uh, that going from a just a side character tag team wrestler to a main eventer in a week was amazing to me. I thought that was a, that, that was a great transformation. He he because uh, I bought it. I bought that. Uh, I didn't buy him winning, but I bought that match really fast. And Love that match. Favorite member of Retribution. I mean, this is like this is like you know telling you which which of your kids is the favorite you know it's too it's too tough there's there's no wrong answer here look i mean if it was about social media i'd say t-bar but i don't think there's another answer but slapjack guys uh you know he he's it's a gimmick that can be around forever he is the 2020 version of the goon if 2020 was a wrestler it would be slapjack robert i love t-bar i think he's great on social media he's uh, he's talented in the ring um but yeah there's i'd rather pick amongst my children than have to pick the best member retribution that'd be easier but at the end of the day it's nobody but slapjack i mean the fact that this is even on television and and it's the gimmick and as t-bar correctly pointed out to uh your boy tony khan uh slapjack drew a higher rating than aew dynamite therefore 2020 is the year of slapjack (laughs) scott absolutely the year of slapjack and this is the award for slapjack uh i had t-bar dude i had t-bar he's he's a, a, he's fantastic in the ring he's the, the the most physically intimidating of the team um did i say hilarious on twitter um but then he spoke into a microphone was it this week or last week and he chose to have a the deepest most awful voice Dude, in the world him and ali are both doing scary batman voices it's fucking it's awful so odd it's so bad i don't, I don't bad. know what you guys are talking about it's so, so bad weird it's it's just like a sound it sounds like south park characters or but slapjack knows what he's good at <laughs> wait hold <laughs> on he does it what isn't he good at spots <laughs> <laughs> So Abjack, he's a technician. In my mind, in there. As far as great workers, there's Eddie Guerrero, there's Kenny Omega, there's Slapjack. I think take it to the next level. He needs. He, I think he needs like to be in a serious mask versus mask match <laughs> with Dominic. With like yeah, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, they got nothing for the Mysterio family to do. Maybe like Slapjack starts sending pictures of his dick to Aaliyah or something. I don't know. <laughs> but his dick all That's also not has my a face, mask on just it. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> just the paper plate on his face. <laughs> Mike? I had to go with retaliation because it's... Whoa, Dark Horse. The first pick I don't agree with tonight. That's okay. You know, it was between retaliation and reckoning in the group retribution because all three of those words are interchangeable <laughs> i just love that it's like hi my name is retaliation and this is my friend slabjack <laughs> dude they should have a mask versus mash match within retribution how great oh, just would that the be? entire group yeah the just entire yeah. group has to try to yeah. unmask each other right the loser has to keep their mask on <laughs> yeah like some weird french 18th century sex party uh zach what do you got I think we should have this award every year and we should call it the slapjack award. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Most slapjack of slapjack. Who, who, who wins a slapjack versus new Jack? Um, I tell you who wins uh, America. <laughs> uh, the knife in new Jack's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite single moment as a fan. You know, I'm going to say this, although this is this, because this is the culmination of, an entire, uh, I guess, uh, chorus of feelings I had at Mike Lawrence's house when we were watching the 2020 Royal Rumble. 
Brock from the beginning to Drew eliminating him. When Drew eliminated him and I was with everybody else, I mean, that was just a great moment. It was, you know, there were crowds there, so maybe I'm nostalgic for that. But I, I just thought it was a phenomenally booked rumble. Uh, it wasn't my match of the year, but uh, I thought it was I thought it was terrific. And just, you know, there's nothing better than watching a rumble and like betting on a rumble with a bunch of friends. It's just like even going to a rumble. And I went to the one of the best rumbles ever. I went to the one where it was like New Jack and Triple H. I mean, sorry, uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H. New Jack and Triple H would definitely not have. Hey, it would be the first black guy Triple H wouldn't bury. Um, <laughs> Slapjack and Triple H. <laughs> Slapjack and Triple H. Main event. <laughs> Robert, who do you got? All right. Um, so I, I, there were two that, that stuck out to me, and it, it feels weird being earnest on this show because it always comes across disingenuine from me. But uh, I think the first for me was Edge's return at WrestleMania, I'm sorry, at Royal Rumble, uh, not knowing it was going to happen. It was such an incredible surprise. It was, I was happy for him. Uh, I was happy for that moment. And it was, it was pure electricity. Uh, the, the other moment for me as a fan was seeing uh, MJF in the, uh, the main event against Moxley for the title. Um, you know, I, I worked with, with Max. I consider Max a, a very good friend of mine. I know how hard he has worked just to get recognition in, in wrestling and to see him main eventing a pay-per-view uh, in that capacity at, at such a young age. When, when I remember fighting for him to get a chance uh, at the MLW world title and then being like, no, nah, he's not anywhere close to being ready. And I'm like, no, this, this fucker is. And seeing that vindication uh, for me as a fan was absolutely awesome. Uh, the match itself was uh, also happened. Sky is the limit for that dude. Scott? Oh, man. As a fan, it had to be watching the stadium stampede match. Uh, I think I watched it with you guys. I mean, yeah, we were yeah that was a blast, too. That was just holy shit, man. I mean, I wish I got to see wrestling live in 2020. I wish I got to go over people's houses, you know. Um, but yeah, that man, just that match and, and laughing our asses off. And uh, it was, was exactly what, when you remember when it happened too. it was like June. It was perfect timing for what was going on. Uh, yeah, dude, ultimate escapism. That shit was a blast. Mike, uh, I'm going to get sincere to the point that even Robert's going to mock me. Um I went with the You're vindication. Like, I killed animal. Nah. We're like, what? Nah. <laughs> That's right. Hurt. That's what I was. Uh, bring her getting to tell her story. She's been for years by the hearts, by WWE, by wrestling fans. Um, you know, uh, all these people that call her selfish. And she got to tell her story on Jericho on her own show. And she's a better person than the wrestling business. And that made me, it made me feel really happy that she got to do that. So I have to go with that as my answer. Brett's so pissed right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's even better at promos. Doesn't even need sunglasses to hide her fear. (laughs) But yeah, that, I mean, dark side was one of those. It's like, we don't have a category for it, but. I thought this season was great. and Oh, I that's think- great. Well, shout out to Evan. He's going to be on the show soon. Yeah, and so I thought great. that that episode was uh, very important, and it just made me feel good for her. Loved it. Zach? Edge's return. It's the best moment. <laughs> After Mike says that, it really just makes anybody else sound like, like they're in second grade. I have to uh, deliver it. <laughs> all right, we gotta we gotta get through some of these fast guys. Uh, next up, most <laughs> underrated. Fuck it, I'm going with Sammy Guevara just because he always feel it always feels like he's left out of the conversation when people are talking MJF, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy. Plus, he's the one AEW got to our show. Well, Tony too. Uh, so yeah, I'll, 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 I'll just fucking blatant nepotism. Uh, Mike. I'll, I'll echo that. I, I had I had Dustin Rhodes, I was going to say, because um, he's he, he is a legend. He is great. He's still underused in this company. But yeah, I, I think Sammy, uh, his match with Darby was one of my favorite matches of the year. Just a fantastic. And he's a guy, no one makes the most of 
what little TV time they have more than Sammy Guevara. So I, I got to give it to him. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's fantastic and I'm excited for what happens with him. Scott? Joey Janela. No, I'm lying. Uh, it's Sammy Guevara. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I also have Proud and Powerful down. Uh, but at the same time, they haven't been in a lot of things. I mean, unless we're not watching Dark and they're on Dark. so They were in a five-star Meltzer match, if maybe. Not, if you're not being – that's true. That's true. But I don't know. I think – they weren't necessarily yeah, they, they are a kind of an afterthought in that division for yeah. sure for sure and I it didn't feel like that like at the beginning of inner circle they felt more important it's yes. also if you want to like if you want to reach a latino audience you've got guys who can work and guys who are great on the mic and guys who have huge charisma it's like yeah it's a no-brainer but my 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 real number my number one underrated pick is uh andrade yeah, I guess. Dude, I think they could do so much with him. And Apparently, he's going to get a big push again. I don't, I don't know. Robert? Ben saying that. Yeah. Ricochet. Um, he's incredible. He should have been the Rey Mysterio of this company for the last two years. He's got incredible charisma. He's not the greatest promo ever. I, I've, I can attest to that firsthand, but sometimes you don't need that. He's just got that infectious charisma about him, and anytime he's in the ring – his matches are memorable. They just don't give him the opportunities that he needs. And when he's in there at a feud with retribution, he's still giving it his all. Uh, he's, he's incredibly valuable to the WWE. And I think eventually they'll realize that. I think he's a guy that's hurt more by weekly TV than most people because he is special and should feel special, but they just use him too much to the point that he's not as special as he could be. Yeah, I remember at a New Japan event, he came out in sweats and did some amazing aerial. I think it was like a 450 splash or something. And even then, in a hoodie, you're like, this is a this guy's bigger, a bigger star than anybody. Um, Zach. Uh I really like, I really want to say Sammy Guevara, but I think Ricochet is the right answer. I I Ricochet is so underused it's insane i could also say cesaro here forever every year so it could be the cesaro award yeah exactly it could be the cesaro award absolutely best heel turn roman roman yeah there's no other answer scott yeah i, I put reigns roman zach it's raw best finisher hey, gargano gargano's was good though i think gargano was, did a great was job good. and i wasn't expecting it it was awesome also best, best, best sorry what i said best dental work roman <laughs> yes. yeah <laughs> best uh finisher i'm gonna go with uh the uh shout out to adam hangman page i'm gonna go with the gunshot lariat it feels like the end of a fucking video game or something it feels it like a, rules. a street fighter move or something it's a blast man the two best finishing moves of the last decade have been two clotheslines it's been his lariat and okada's rainmaker it, if you would have told me that when i was 15 i'd be like you're out of your fucking mind yeah man like, uh hangman's lariat and something about it it, it, it seems like you have to prepare so much for it, but it does kind of come out of nowhere. And he has this moment with it where like Shawn Michaels had with sweet chin music. It's there's just something about it. It's so perfect. It's like it, 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 so much fun to watch it about to happen or potentially happen. And that's what I like in a finisher. Mike. I went with, I love character-based finishers. I went with the lock job, uh, Britt Baker, She's an evil dentist, and she uses her dental uh, knowledge to hurt you. So Feminine Isaac Yankum. Robert. <laughs> but now, now, see, when you, when you got to finish a movie, you want to be able to hit it on anybody, and that's what makes it a, a fit. Now, I can't keep doing fucking Jim Ross. My face hurts. Um, I went with the Claymore. I think that oh, it was awesome. Drew, yeah. I think Drew has done a great job rehabbing that move. It looks, it looks visually impressive. Every time he hits it, they establish it as being – Either this is the finish or holy shit, somebody kicked out of it. And uh, even when they did that stupid end of 2020 where he claymores the giant green glob of 2020, oh, yeah, the God. glob sold really well. Uh, and that's why I'm going with the claymore. Mike? Well, you already gave it. Sorry. Zach? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh man, you guys keep taking my answer, so I sound like I'm just copying you guys. Uh, I'm gonna say the bank statement. I'm going wild card. I just threw it. Yeah. Dude, that Rhea Ripley. What is that? Prison? Is that what she calls it? What is that? That move's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she's she's awesome. Worst pay per view of the year. I'm gonna go the horror show at Extreme Rules. I don't think there's another answer besides there is. this. There is. It's oh, backlash. But uh, backlash? I have, a, I have a different. Yeah. They had the Edge and Orton match. Yeah, and it was billed as the greatest wrestling match ever, and it fucking stunk. It did not stink. It, it was edited to shit. It was edited. You can't edit a wrestling match and advertise it as the greatest wrestling match ever. Have I'm you not ever watched SmackDown? Boo. It's bad. Uh, I got a Come on, the fake. Yeah. Bad. Carny shit. Yeah, it's all carny shit, Scott. No, That's why it's great. It's my carny shit. <laughs> respectful carny shit i had to go i i had to go with all out 2020 um and and the reason is the the sammy hardy stuff just put a bad taste in my mouth made me almost want to stop watching the company it was just a disappointment um yeah moxley and mjf should have been better but that moment was disgusting and negligible and inexcusable. Um, so that's got to be my. I, no moment this year made me feel shittier than than Hardy almost dying and them continuing the match. So fuck them. Hey, and there was a there was a Sean Spears match on that card, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and and um, Matt Seidel fell on his face. Uh, <laughs> that, but, that yeah, was kind of fun. All, all out was was a disappointment, and uh, from a company that rarely disappoints. So I got to give it to them. This is Robert? one where I feel like there's a clear answer, uh, and I'm shocked nobody said it. It's Super Showdown from uh, beautiful Saudi Arabia. Uh, when this show, every time they do these shows, they're always. Which one was this? Which one was oh, well, this? I'll, I'll just to jog your memory uh, for this one. This, this started is the AJ Taker feud. This was the yeah. This was the start of the AJ uh. Taker feud when he wins the trophy. But this is when Brock Lesnar murders Ricochet in a minute after they spent all this oh time building God. Ricochet. Up. <laughs> yeah, and this that. is also when Goldberg is the first person to beat the Fiend in two and a half minutes, mops the floor with him, destroys all of this amazing character work that's been done for months and months and questionable, months. Questionable. Questionable. No, at that point, this was the the Fiend was white hot and Bray Wyatt once again had his, his legs cut out from under him for the sake of, of Goldberg. Um, Robert, and you weren't, you weren't excited to see a bunch of Saudi Arabians cheer an old Jew. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> no, that was, that was fun because I don't think that, yeah, but they weren't really cheering. If you watched all of them, the front row, they're all on their phones or, or trying out. not to get beheaded by pissing somebody I mean, off. Yeah. But, I mean, we uh, give, we give them shit, but they watch WWE the same way I do. <laughs> okay. They don't know that Goldberg's Jewish in the same way. They don't know Andre, the giant's dead. Like this is Zach. I changed my answer. It's that show. Yeah, I, I wish I could change my answer. I didn't pick that show because showdown. because there's worse super showdowns. And so that I, I kind of compartmentalized it and went, oh, no, that's not the worst because there's other super showdowns. Just because there's been worse genocides doesn't make this genocide <laughs> not awful. Uh, this is going to I think this is going to be a uniform answer. Worst bell to bell. Nia Jax, just yeah. because she hurts people. Yeah, um, as her. far as like, I tell you what, though, you know, who made a case on Monday was the team of Dana Brooke and <laughs> um, what what's her fucking face? The girl that Otis Man, is with Mandy Rose, Rose. Oh. man, it was that is a brutal That is probably the worst working tag team. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I've ever seen it's 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 really brutal. Mike. Yeah, it's it's Naya. Mike, uh, Scott. Okay, well, yes, it's Naya, but it's also if you're talking Bell, like Ding Ding to Bell, Ding Ding, it's the Fiend. It's the Fiend. He he does less moves than Naya. It might be Naya. It's, yeah, he's that he bad. Had, he had two fun matches. He had that Kevin Owens match, and he had that fun Burned Alive match. The Inferno match was kind of fun. I don't remember the Kevin Owens match. I thought the Daniel Bryan match was decent, and I think that was last year. I think that was like what December or November. Yeah, yeah, that was that was January. I, I think that was January twenty twenty. Oh, okay, yeah, that was the Rumble. 
Yeah, he's had a couple good matches. If if there's a good worker, the worker will carry him. It's like Orton, Brian, and Owens. Okay, good. Then let them fight Nia. <laughs> Robert? Uh, the following contest is an AEW women's division match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Let's leave it at that, Zach. Uh, I have Braun Strowman. I don't like anything he does in the ring. Personally, uh, he had a rough said, year. He's good everywhere else but the ring. Not so you not, thought he was good in the swamp. No, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> oh, he's God. good in segments of the past that weren't wrestling matches. He was great in Holmes and Watson. <laughs> Best tag team. I'm gonna go with the golden role models, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I thought they had terrific chemistry. They carried in a lot of ways. I thought they really helped carry SmackDown when Roman Reigns wasn't around. Yep. Their segments were super high. They're both phenomenal workers. Bailey has gotten a lot better on the mic. I don't, for me, I, you know, this, I was, I was like, Oh, FDR had a good year. The North had a good year. No, it was the golden role models for me. And it's really hard. Look, it's just really hard in that company when you're exposed that much and you, you have that many matches per month. It is really hard to be on top like that. And they were, they were able to accomplish that. Robert. I went with uh, hangman page and Kenny Omega as uh, the best tag team of the year. I found them the most compelling. Uh, I enjoyed anytime I saw they were going to have a match. I'm like, all right, this is going to be entertaining. And it always delivered the character work that they did as it developed. I thought was, was pretty fascinating. And the way that they did their, their split, I actually thought was, was really well done. Scott. Yeah, I agree. I, I have Hangman and Kenny. Um, I think they were um, great as a team, and I think they were great that, if you think about it, the entire, I mean, at least this year, the entire time they were teasing that they were going to break up, and it didn't come off like stupid or annoying, and I don't think they dropped the ball. I mean, don't... well, that's for another topic. That's feud of the year, because I don't think they can get that, because their feud hasn't even really started. Um, but I think they were the best tag team but also, dude, I thought Street Profits shined. I thought the New Day shine. I thought the New Day's been better this year than they have for quite a few years. That was probably my favorite breakup. What, New Day? Yeah, because it wasn't really a oh, breakup. Oh, yeah, that's great. That, that was great. And, dude, honorable mention, I mean, to a lot of kids and shit, and they're definitely on TV every week, uh, best friends. I mean, I know a lot of the shit they do is super corny, but. They've had great matches and I don't know, man, I they, just can't get into Chuck Taylor. And, and when they were wearing that FTR is weenies shirt. Yeah. That one was rough. Mike. I'm, you know, I'm going to go with the, the bucks on this one. I wow. I never would have seen that coming. Yeah. I just, I think about like, look like the way they're booked where they're often the opening match gets a little stale sometimes, but they put on, I think, some of the best matches in the company. And I think that when you have the old buck that is Sting, you really need to keep those guys around and, and push them and, and make sure that they matter. So uh, I didn't like them as much at the beginning, but in a full year, I, I'd say they, they, yeah, they also won me over a bit. So I go to Young Bucks. Zach? I think uh, Hangman and... Omega had the best tag team story this year. So by that matter that they, they they were, they were the tag team that mattered the most this year, I think. Uh, for best theme song, I'm going to correct my answer from last year by making it this year's answer. Judas by Jericho, uh, the <laughs> Judas entrance at, at revolution Revolution's with the choir. I mean, there's nothing that's topped that there's nothing that's even come close. So I got to go with Jerrica's uh, theme, you know, even though I do, I still love the Undisputed Era's theme. It just reminds me of like a classic uh, WWF theme. Robert? Um, I was leaning almost towards the Hurt Business because I like that little Jaws kind of thing. But my, my answer was uh, was Judas by Jericho. It's It stands out. The audience enjoys the hell out of singing it. Um, it bothers me for his character because he's supposed to be a dastardly heel and everyone's excited for it. But you know what? It's it's fun to see any kind of a crowd enjoy something. So I'm going to go with uh, with Jericho. Scott? Well, even though I listen to Omega's battle cry every day in the car, 
Um, I actually think technically Sting's new theme is the best. You hear it, and it sounds like something that's been around forever, which always really impresses me when it comes to uh, themes and music. And yeah, this one's awesome. Sting. Zach? Edge. Ah, oh, Jesus. Real <laughs> edgehead over there. <laughs> you know, it was, the, it was the best song 10 years ago. And then he came back, so now it's the song again. Uh, do you owe Metalingus money or something? Like <laughs> is it, the band's name is Metalingus. Oh my no. god! On so, this day, I see clearly. <laughs> it was emotional. It was emotional. All right, this this one I'm looking forward to the answers. Best feud. Look, it's got to be Orton and Edge for me for the simple fact that the WrestleMania 36 match. Which I like I like more than other people. It was too long. It was a little underwhelming. And and they survived that brutal Charlie Caruso saying, Is this the greatest match ever? <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually pulling off, I thought, a great main event of Backlash. I think Scott's wrong on that. And to get me interested in the promos, Orton just phenomenal on the stick this year. Uh, I, I hung on every word he said, uh, but that's for a later category. Uh, for me, it's uh, Edge and Orton, and it's a no-brainer. Zach? Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. It made me excited to be a wrestling fan again. After a That's what this podcast here. does. <laughs> <laughs> you you son of a bitch. Um, Mike? I went Cody and MJF. I thought that the, the lashing segment was unbelievable. <laughs> like, it was genuinely, like, terrifying. <laughs> And uh, the match with Wardlow and all of that, I thought the I thought MJF going over was the right decision. So, and I'm I'm agree with Scott on this. Uh, I think out of principle, any match that calls itself the greatest match should be shat on. Um, well, dude, when it's edited, you yeah. just can't even like rank yeah. it properly. And it wasn't yeah. like fucking edited like the AJ Undertaker match. No, but you know? that you would rank it properly, though. You'd go, that's the best cinematic match. When you talk about Edge and Orton, you don't say best cinematic match. You say that you talk about it like it's a match that happened. It's bogus. Yeah, I mean, but but I would I would go, yeah, I thought Cody and MJF. It, it was funny, too, because that was the reveal of Cody's neck tattoo. And, yeah. and, and he had his band play, which I know we don't have worse theme, but that's up there. And uh, it was pretty amazing. That to me was the night that he became a heel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, best entrance for me. Oh, um, Robert, Jesus, sorry guys. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I agree with you, Dan. Edge Orton by by far. I thought the Orton promos, his justification for why he did what he did. Of I love you, Edge. I love your family, and I don't want to see you paralyzed and your kids not grow up with a dad. I thought every beat of that feud was uh, was pretty fantastic. And the night after the rumble, I mean, and the promo that wasn't even a promo. Best entry, uh, Zach. Uh, did you answer yet? Yep. Oh, all right. Sorry, guys. You said Roman. Best entrance. This to me was a no-brainer. Kenny Omega. It's it's a blast. It feels like an old school Capcom entrance, uh, and it it provided us with that great Moxley moment, Mike. I wish that the women were Japanese is my big issue. It should be for Japanese women. I think that would make it better. <laughs> it's uh, hard to get that during a pandemic. Yeah. In Jacksonville, you want to find four <laughs> Japanese dancers. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, they got a Benihana. Um, I would, <laughs> and they're not working now. I see your racism and I raise you another. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, hello? Hey. Oh, yeah i went yeah this was tough with theme and entrance it was like i'm gonna give theme to jericho although i like kenny's theme and i'm gonna give entrance to kenny although the yeah the revolution judas entrance was the best but kenny's is just fun every week and the north carolina thing's awesome scott so for entrance i had specifically jericho at revolution uh, because of that choir. I thought that was awesome. Um, but week to week, yeah, it's Omega. Did you see the video too? Or it was like one of the girls in the choir, her brother like, you know, died. It was like real sad. And uh, like Jericho was his favorite wrestler. So it was like, there's like a yeah, cool the backstory documentary get on YouTube. 
Yeah, what if it, what if it turned out that it, like just Fozzie was his favorite band? <laughs> Robert? Uh yeah, it's 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 Kenny. Um I got nothing. <laughs> Zach? Edge. Oh my god. <laughs> this boy loves Edge. You yeah. think you know Zach? I, I hear Beth Fe- no right now Beth Phoenix is getting a restraining order on Zach. Zach Zach is edging towards Edge he's about to come all over <laughs> you could have just left it at edging towards Edge you're like you had to come we're like all right sorry uh, uh, is this are we at the final award I forget there was we have one- two awards left I, I I skipped what's the second to last one there's uh best brand and then there's oh, okay the, yeah uh- I got the last one okay best brand AEW, Robert, <laughs> NXT. Uh, just because I think looking back at the year, the stuff with Undisputed Era, the stuff with the Kings of NXT were great. Finn Balor being revitalized in NXT has been amazing. Uh, the women's division in NXT is better than any women's division that there is. I love the stuff with Cameron Grimes. I, I know sometimes it can feel a little static. I just think in terms of being consistent, even the elevation of Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, I think NXT from January to December had the most consistently solid year. Scott? Uh, it's AEW easily, easily. It can't be NXT. Here's the thing. So WWE sucks. We know that. And then NXT is like, it's like, you know, when, you know how I say WWE sucks. WWE stinks, dude. Raw and SmackDown stink. They stink. There's good stuff on SmackDown. They stink. It causes me anxiety having to, to watch that shit. It's bad. Dan. Well, we just lost <laughs> Drew as a guest next week. So thanks, guys. <laughs> it, they're bad. Sh- they're bad shows. AEW we're we're going to get a WWE back when Zach says Edge is his favorite brand. AEW is a legitimately <laughs> enjoyable show where you actually don't know what's going to happen, that when a feud is happening and someone makes a remark, you you believe it, unlike Edge and Orton, when Orton goes, I care about your family, and you go, no, you don't. Because he's a heel, Scott. He was lying. No, 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 I get that. But when you're saying, but when Eddie Kingston says a thing, it's like, oh, shit, this is enjoyable. My issue with Eddie Kingston feels like he's about to do like... Is it's fucking hot topic? It's like Banana Republic owns hot topic. You're just like watching like like emo Disney shit. You're watching Nightmare Before Christmas and you think you're fucking cool. You guys are losers. <laughs> AEW. This is turning and into a new Japan, promo. baby. NXT is for dorks. I'm out. See you in 2021. <laughs> oh, how can you argue with that? You can't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike. Well, now I love that Scott has to just cheer on the next Dark Order match. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's... We, get, we get Gold Dust and Pizzeria own Uno tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's AEW. Um, like it gen through the year. It was watch even the feels like choosing it, and it's not by committee. Like a like in a Gucci shirt. Mike, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, no worries. uh, You know, gives you a Bulgarian in a Gucci shirt uh, loving video. (laughs) Very bizarre gimmick. You're breaking up a little bit. Sorry. Uh, Can you hear me now? Zach. Yes. Yeah, we're better. It's better now. Yeah, but I got to say, yeah, AW. And I I felt like you kind of said they addressed the pandemic. They have a crowd. They're risking some Jacksonville people, but who cares? It's just fun to watch. So yep. <laughs> they're best at cinematic. They were the best at cinematic. Yeah, they best at adapting to COVID. I best at adapting to COVID. And, by, and you know, you know what? You're the most under the underrated thing about it in these awards show. It's just fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, like, oh, I mean, it's just there's just wrestling is great this year. Like looking back on it. Uh, Zach, shockingly, I am gonna say AEW was a better show. Whoa, that's the that was the big Bruce Willis is dead reveal of this podcast. I don't know. I feel terrible for the folks in the New Japan office who are gonna find out Scott didn't pick them. New uh, Japan might be the worst this year. New like, J- no, no, Raw yeah. was the worst. But you broke you broke Naito's heart. 
<laughs> that Naito Evil f- feud, I think, kind of torpedoed. Yeah, that fucked up my year, man. Yeah, over th- thanks summer. for letting me watch that. Appreciate yeah, it. Was, it was, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so rough. sorry. All right, all right, all right. On to our last award of this episode, the QT Marshall Award. Let me explain what this is. It is uh, for excellence <laughs> in a field outside of wrestling. Uh, for me, uh, I, I know everyone's going to expect to say Brandon Cutler, but for me, it's Roman Reigns, and here's why. He uh, was a really great father and husband this year because he ditched WrestleMania for COVID. So for me, I mean, that's the most impressive thing that, well, obviously the fucking Shad Gasper. As I say this, I just remember Shad Gasper, and that's way more impressive. But uh, a close, uh, not a close, but a second would be Roman Reigns. Mike? Um, I would say uh, <laughs> QT Marshall is going to get the QT Marshall award because <laughs> God damn it. He's got to be good at something. I don't see it. I don't know what it is, but he's on TV every week. So he gets it. <laughs> no, I, I will say this about QT. I almost put QT as most improved. And here's why I like invented in my head that he couldn't do anything. and then i watched that match with uh butcher and blade and dustin and uh right it was like you know barnyard yeah 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 something like that where you could throw peanuts on the ground or whatever and step on (laughs) (laughs) um he was he was a lot of fun in that match he was so much fun so you know do i go oh is it billy and austin gun do they do they deserve the QT Marshall Award? Maybe some Peter Avalon, some Michael Nakazawa. But I think the QT Mar- Marshall Award has to go to Luther. Luther is more QT than QT looks at Luther to fix his hair. Like he, he's just a mirror. Luther's job is just to. Uh, explain to the Hooters manager what Jericho did. I will, I, will, I will say Billy and Austin is a is a good pick just because it's like rarely do you watch wrestling and it makes you want to call your dad. Like, look like do they do anything in the company? Once again, I don't know. They look like they're having a fun time. It's just nice to see yeah. a family in a pandemic. Yeah. Robert QT Marshall is the greatest political mind in the history of wrestling. Like Triple H wishes. He had the clout that this guy with the physique of Play-Doh and the, and the in-ring skill of Play-Doh. He has the philosopher. Like this guy has a Porsche and he posted it on. Wait, he has a Porsche? He's a Porsche. He put it on Twitter to uh, be like, are you sure it's not Porsche? a Saturn? He wrote a pee on or something. It is least. It guy. has to be least. Don't tell me he owns it. <laughs> I I hope he's dumb enough to have owned it. Like there there's I the fact that I saw him on TV at all this year is baffling. Even in that one match with Butcher and Blade where he jumps off the ladder and fucked up gravity. Like he fell in slow motion. He is the worst and yet he will be there. He will be there forever. Like he is the Pat Patterson of of AEW. Come on, man. I think he, he's gonna I, I and I'm not joking. I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people. The difference is QT Marshall sucks in the ring and Pat would just suck everywhere else. <laughs> uh, Rest in peace, Pat Patterson. Uh we love you. Love you every day. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's gonna really surprise us with that casserole he's bringing to the AEW Christmas party. <laughs> he must make a good fucking casserole, man. <laughs> I mean, look at that belly. Of course. <laughs> But and by and and once again, we are for whatever reason on AEW's band list. When it comes to <laughs> I wonder podcasts. why. I wonder why you gave him like every award, like <laughs> you know, it's and they still like I almost just... gave him the Slapjack Award. Well, that's that's a bridge too far. <laughs> I almost gave QT the Slapjack Award. <laughs> Yes, but somehow now we're still the nerdy kid wondering why the cheerleader is not going out on a date with us. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes our first night of awards like Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to be two nights. The biggies are going to be next week, guys. So tune in uh, just to give you give uh, some promo. Uh, follow me on Dan St. Germain on Instagram. I got a lot of short videos up there. Sounds like I'm selling comedy from the back of a van. Uh, um, <laughs> And check out our uh, our T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast. We really appreciate all our patrons this year. 
uh, to get. And as a Christmas treat, we're going to be reviewing December to Dismember. So that'll drop in on the Patreon on Monday. Robert? Uh, yes, very excited for that. That's how I'm going to be spending my birthday this Sunday is watching and reliving December to Dismember. Um, you can follow me <laughs> on Twitter at WW Creative underscore ISH. And Greatest has, Twitter account in the game. It has been an honor and a privilege to have joined this podcast and been so somewhat decent. You needed to bring Mike Lawrence in just in case I totally shit the bed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> As you're saying this, my dog's fucking attacking me. Um, That's most episodes. <laughs> that is most episodes. All right, your dog's you. a QT Marshall fan. <laughs> it's QT Marshall in a dog costume. That's got to be the worst fetish ever. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, uh, listen to my other podcast, Garbage Days, with Brendan Sagalo. Yeah. Mike, yeah, even if you fuck QT first, he's still a sloppy second. Um, <laughs> I am at Mike Lawrence Comedy, and I am uh, glad to help pick up the slack in what is already an overloaded podcast but but thanks well for both me. of you guys have been an awesome addition both you and robert have killed it this year thanks so thank you yeah boys thank you guys so much and merry christmas to both of you you're both jewish but you celebrate right yeah i like that I dig we it. celebrate sure. killing him <laughs> robert do you uh do you celebrate christmas no, no. Uh, we, oh. what, what we do, well, no, we we do. We uh, we have an Alan Rickman Christmas every year. We watch Love Actually and Die Hard, and then bring in oh, Chinese awesome. food. So awesome. that'll that's, that's awesome. That's a better Christmas it's, than yeah, it's better than ours. <laughs> I gotta say though, I kind of fucking respect the move of not celebrating Christmas. I think it's yeah, it's a ballsy move. You know, maybe I just hate Santa or something because I look like him. Five thousand years of not celebrating Christmas. We've got a pretty good streak going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zach. Merry Christmas. Wash your hands. All right. We will see you next week.